What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Kong Skull Island spoiler cast. Oh, Pavlox still tuned over there? Yep, okay. We're choking. One of the two. We'll just let it play out. <laughs> I'm good. I swear I'm oh, good. Oh, <laughs> we can talk now. <laughs> I kind of forgot that chewing gum while we're recording a podcast probably doesn't sound too good. Bad Wait, <laughs> did you just swallow it? Oh, yeah. You just swallow gum? Yeah. Oh, I swallow gum, too. I've done it all my life. What? Yeah. I can't do it. If I do it accidentally, I feel like I'm choking for like two seconds. Oh, no I don't way. know if the whole seven years inside your stomach thing is real. but No, if it's that's, a, that's, it that's a, a myth. myth. That's yeah. a myth. Okay. It's, it stays nearby longer than normal food would. But okay. Isn't it a wives' tale just to make sure kids don't swallow it? I think it probably well, is. Well, I didn't listen to it, obviously. Well, clearly. So, yeah, Kong. Uh, <laughs> uh, is that uh, why we're here? <laughs> Kong Wine Island, if you if you read me. I'm Josiah with... Seth Kapamerikonski, how are you, Hey, buddy? I'm doing great. How about you guys? You guys enjoy Kong? Oh, I, we I did, loved we saw it. it separately. We did. Yeah, we did. I think we all did. Yeah. Uh, Pav and I got to see it together. With Jeff Pavlak as well. I'm Josiah Leroy. We saw it. Uh, you were seeing Beauty and the Beast that night. I was, yeah. I saw I saw it a few weeks uh, before uh, before uh, you guys did. Um, yes, although, did. still after Nate Lockhart, unfortunately, our... Uh, Along with Pavlok, our other really big monster guy, Nate Lockhart, uh, couldn't be here today, but uh, he got to see the movie a couple times, and uh, he's been a lifelong fan of uh, monster movies, uh, both domestic and uh, kaiju as well, and uh, he had, had a lot to say about the movie. He loved it as well, but uh, but we can uh, yeah. move into our thoughts about it. Absolutely. So, uh, Kong, I think overall this was a good representation of a movie made for the general public where you didn't necessarily have to be a big time long time monster fan whether that's Absolutely. Kong Godzilla you name it mm-hmm. um, for me I've only seen a few of the films previously this was a great point to jump into and it felt mm. like it represented a, a bunch of different genres almost into one um, yeah. Seth you enjoyed it very much Pavlok you liked it like I said uh, we saw it together during some of the fight sequences I remember just turning to see Pavlok just glowing, <laughs> just, oh. just like a little kid. I know the exact moments you're talking Probably, about. Probably, yeah. yeah. And uh, some of it was fantastic. Uh, by the way, should mention, this is a spoiler cast. If you have not seen the film, do not listen. We are going to talk a lot about spoilers. We're going to rip into every detail of the film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, first impressions, why don't we start with Pavlok? Uh, what did you think overall of the film before we get into the nitty gritty? I mean, I definitely quite liked it. Um, it was a very, very different approach from 2014's Godzilla, which is the start of this monsterverse. 2014's Godzilla was a slow burn almost all the way through. It was like a build up to the last half hour where Godzilla finally starts to show up on screen and shine. Um, you know, Kong shows up very, very early in this. He technically shows up in the very first scene. Um, and then it doesn't mm-hmm. waste any time. It, like, this movie wasn't afraid to show its action to you. Mm-hmm. Um, once the characters and their group get to the eponymous island skull island um you know story ramps up moves at breakneck pace never slows down it really like if i could describe it like anything it feels like if robert howard the author of the conan the barbarian stories from the early 1900s i feel like if he wrote a movie there's just so much energy and it's just moves Hmm. at a breakneck pace i really really liked the way that they designed this yeah um, Seth, you gave the Gigaverse the official review for it. You gave it right. a, a 7.75 out of 10. Yes. Uh, just to cite a, uh, a quick paragraph, you said it was a fun, fresh, visually dynamic reboot to the character of King Kong and his perilous world. Uh, character plot development and pacing are partially sacrificed to serve the Beast of Skull Island. 
the environment they inhabit, and the dramatic flair with which they are presented. Uh, it has its flaws, but Kong Skull Island is undeniably and consistently an absolute blast. Um, there's more to that, so you mm-hmm. can check out that review in full at thegeekiverse.com. But uh, I think that's a good summary. I, I agree with your score totally. Okay. So what were your thoughts overall? Overall, um, uh, yeah, they, uh, yeah, like you noted there, um, the island itself, uh, the monsters on it, and just the the look and sound uh, and atmosphere that's established. Uh, that's those are the number one uh, positives about it. Um, and the human characters, uh, despite being played by so many fantastic actors, I love so much, so many favorites, like Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston and uh, uh, John C. Riley and everything. They are underdeveloped, uh, with the exception of uh, like John C. Riley and uh, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, and the, uh, the the plots kind of uh, uh, choppy going from scene to scene sometimes, especially in the first act. But uh, really, I think this is such a promising new start. This is Kong in a, in a way that he really hasn't been done before it's taking kind of like the vague structure of of the classic kong tale that you know originally from 1933 and updating it and giving it uh new life uh, in the in a way it can move on uh live on through uh sequels and everything so uh yeah it's really doing something i mean it has its flaws but uh what it does with kong is so it's so fresh and exciting and has so much potential and still honors so much of what Kong is and it still does feel like King Kong. So you could yeah. so tell what time period this was set in and I loved it for that. The seventies aesthetic between the music, the visuals, Where's just it the culture. Yep, I love that illusions. with the music. Yep. Like yeah. embrace it. it almost uh, kind of in a way that Guardians of the Galaxy identifies itself with its soundtrack. This helped to build the identity of the film here. For sure. Which you yes. wouldn't have ex- expected normally. Oh, there's Lindy I never again. expected to hear Ozzy being played in a King Kong movie. Uh, and we got it. <laughs> the Hollies, Jefferson Airplane, Creedence. Yeah, Jeffrey, uh, yep, Jefferson re- Airplane. Really great, great picks, yeah. So, some that you kind of expect, like some of the, uh, like Jefferson Airplane is like, that's like, uh, you know, White Rabbit is very much like, uh, you know, 60s, like Vietnam right. era thing. It's like, that's a song that's commonly associated, but the Hollies and, and, and stuff like that, there's some like less common picks in there. Um, really good. And the, and the the visuals really, I, you know, there's obvious, you know, Apocalypse Now, you know, especially with the IMAX poster is exactly the, the Apocalypse Now poster, but with Kong. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it takes major inspiration from that, and that's an era that Kong hasn't been associated with uh, yet, despite the fact that there was a Kong movie made in the 70s. It didn't have any of that uh, that, that political or social uh, yep. commentary or, totally. any, or any of just the visual feel that, you know, you associate with something that is associated with the Vietnam War, kind of that, like, that hazy, colorful, dangerous landscape. Uh and they just they just captured so much of that so well here. The Richard Nixon bobblehead, star just of the say, movie, right? Yeah. It's got to be the star of the movie. He's almost a character unto himself. <laughs> at yeah. times subtle, at times not so subtle. That kind of falls into the latter. Um, it was quite interesting seeing the plane go down and the bobblehead bobblehead just going like <laughs> helicopters, helicopters. Oh yes, 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 yes. yes. It was planes uh, before. Yeah. Yes. That was, that was, that was, that was My really, bad. Yeah. That, that was really. Yeah, yeah. That that was. I feel like that was a statement right off the bat because because <laughs> King Kong in the classic story was always. He was killed by planes uh, in 1933 and 2005. In 1976, he was killed by 
military helicopters. Right. This time, of the fleet of helicopters shows up. They're just down. Kong one is a, by one. Kong is a beast how, in this uh, movie. How about that reveal, by the way? So Kong, you see early in in the film, right. almost like Legend of Zelda. You can go beat Ganondorf now, but you're not ready. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I like it. I like where you're going with see? that. Just look at that. I'm becoming even deeper ingrained in Pavlok's life here. Uh, so. Uh, Kong. We see him very, very early in the movie, and uh, he he really shows truly how powerful he is, and the film is not shy about putting that on display. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quite so, an intense opening sequence for our introduction. Yes. that was. I feel, yeah, I feel like that was partially a response to people not caring for the slow burn of Godzilla. Right. Personally, I really liked it. I like movies that have a slow Same build, that build me. up to something. And this one was self-aware. We know it's about Kong. Yeah. So here he is. Yeah. It was a very, yeah. It, it, it establishes itself. Like, you know, like I said, it has build up and it has atmosphere, but it, it, it very much self sets itself apart as this more of this uh, fast-paced... Ad, uh, adventure and um, yeah speaking about Kong himself uh, I really this is one of my favorite incarnations of him I've seen of all time you know for the, despite the in 2005 Peter Jackson's version having uh, Andy Serkis playing King Kong and having the huge runtime to be able to develop his character um, I feel like they're still able to capture a lot of personality with Kong here and I just can't say how much I love the the actual form factor for Godzilla uh you know, for, for how mighty and uh, developed Kong was in Peter Jackson's movie, he still seemed a lot like a gorilla that we would see in a video or or, or in a zoo, you'd like a silverback gorilla. But having him be the upright ape, like in 1933 and in 76, and in this one, um, you know, Nate was actually noting to me, it's like, you know, he feels more mythical. He feels like more like a larger-than-life demigod or, or like uh, even like a missing link of some kind. He, he feels special. He feels... Uh, more a missing wondrous. link. A missing link. More oh. zombies. He didn't even plan that. It just happened. Oh, How my do we gosh. do it? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, of course, scaling him up so that he can eventually go up against Godzilla. You know, it's a, it just... It's a great, you know, he's like about 100 feet tall compared yes. to 30, 40 feet like normal. And they said he's still growing, like he isn't a full grown adult yet. Uh, and there was some really cool kind of uh, fleshing out of, uh, vague little fleshings out of Kong and kind of where he came from and the fact that he had parents that were killed by, we want to talk about the the, the other monsters on the island. The skull crawlers. The skull crawlers. I love the monsters. I, uh, yeah, do you guys want to talk, there, you know, there were the malevolent monsters, there were the peaceful monsters. Any thoughts about those? Oh, I mean, I loved all of the different creatures that they showed across mm-hmm. Skull. And one thing I thought was very interesting was that there was a this like continued theme of camouflage. It felt like the leaf wings, the birds mm-hmm. you see in the distance. They're they're the oh, tree. Yeah. They're the tree. There's the spider that turns. You know, you they're, think, oh, these are, are the tree the trunks. Yeah. No, it's his legs. Um, Kong's fur has, you know. Um, moss and dirt covering him so yeah. i bet he blends in very well um the giant ox yeah that looks yeah, like yeah, just yeah. a big mound in the water so like yeah like it does feel like a you know genuine ecosystem out there where all these creatures will blend in with their environment mm-hmm. to survive the perilous skull yeah. island almost feels like they drop these these tiny humans into a terrarium yeah based on, on you know these animals and it yeah. was like uh insane at times and i think early on with some of the scares like holy crap that's a that, that is a beast right there. Like that added to the the intensity that you mm. felt and the kind of what is lurking around every corner. Yeah. I also loved how they inter, inter, 
were interwoven is the word I'm looking for in John C. Riley's character adding the depth to oh you don't want to mess with those ones oh mm. no Kong's the good guy yeah. no he's helping us oh these mm. guys don't go near him don't go here like I love that he knew the island like that mm-hmm. but you know the the diversity of those monsters just some was, are just gross and some were terrifying and it was it was a great uh, uh, change from uh, Skull Island it's always been a you know in my opinion an iconic fictional uh, cinematic location, you know, the mythical Skull Island, and um, yeah, they were able to just make it such an interesting place in a way that hasn't been done before, and it always typically had uh, you know, dinosaurs, with it. it was like this this place kind of out of time, but in this movie, it's really a place that has a lot of things that you haven't seen before, um, I mean, it has giant insects like the original Skull Island had, but it also has something like the Skull Crawlers, which is like kind of a newer, like a reimagining of the typical, you know, typically uh, King Kong's antagonists are the T-Rexes, right? but in this, it's something that in some ways is similar to a T-Rex, but is very much its own thing. Um, I feel like they were better villain monsters than the Mutos and Godzilla. Yeah, you were saying. I yeah, uh, in my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, just the, 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 the ecosystem, the location, the monsters, kind of uh, the way you were saying about how they were kind of so uh, integrated with their environment kind of reminds me of a Shadow of the Colossus in some ways. Ah. The way they're like part creature, part like foundation. That's interesting you say that because when that scene where Kong was walking through the river and he cleaned off his wounds from the helicopter battle, that that Mm. gave me a Shadow of the Colossus vibe where I I can't remember the actor's name, but he's just sitting down by the riverbed. Toby Kebbell. Okay, there you go. Thank you. And Kong just... You know, ambles, lumbers by without a care in the world. That's right, yeah, because that's how you see the Colossus yep. when you first go. They're just walking around. And, you know, that may have been intentional because Jordan Jordan Vogt-Roberts, uh, the director, is a video game fan. Yes. Who was actually supposed to direct the Metal Gear Solid movie that will probably not happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the plan that, like you said, yeah, probably won't happen. But, yeah, I think that's yeah. in place. And I actually think that's really cool uh, just to touch on that because he's actually been uh, – Hideo Kojima has been – He's always very vocal, uh, vocal about the movie he loves and movies he loves, and he uh, he he loved uh, this this movie, and uh, he's been they've been visiting each other back and forth, so they actually had kind of have some kind of a friendship going on, which is really cool. It's insane. Yeah, it'll be it'll be cool. Yeah, the movie's awesome. probably not gonna happen. He but. tweeted about it, and the director is like, "This is the greatest compliment I've ever received." <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, he seems like a genuine fan yeah. from the interviews. Uh, yeah. Robert of, of Metal Gear. Yeah, awestruck fanboy when he heard Hideo Kojima liked the movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Pop and I joked the other day about what that might look like if uh, Kojima was involved in a movie like Kong Skull Island and some of the bizarre, some of the bizarre things we would want to see that we won't mention on air here. But <laughs> it was uh, that would know, be yeah. Kong uh, is somehow pregnant. It doesn't really make sense. <laughs> But it I, makes sense. You just have to watch it a lot, and you have to see every <laughs> chapter in the series, and then it'll make sense, okay? <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, so uh, we'll uh, we'll actually wrap up segment one with that, but in uh, in segment two and after, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the positive and negative attributes that we liked overall, a little bit of the history of the series and where we're going next, uh, the CG, and then the, the characters that were cast for the film. Uh, so, Seth Pavlak and Josiah will be right back after a word from these sponsors. What's up, geeks? Just want to remind you that we do have a Geekiverse store for all shirts that are geek. We have the Geek and Proud, Peace, Love, Prosper, straight out of Arkham, and the Geek University tee if you like it simple and blocky like I do. Now, that's at thegeekiverse.storeenvy.com, or you can do it real simple. Go to the Geekiverse and click on the tab on the upper part of the webpage. It's real big. It's real easy to see. We thank you for supporting us, but for now, let's get to the show. 
<laughs> Welcome back to the Kong Skull Island spoiler cast. This segment brought to you by Apothic Red, the finest red wine in all the land. Am I right? Uh, that is uh, a favorite of, of Seth and mine. Not an official sponsorship yet. Not official, but I thought, you know, maybe I'd put a feeler out there, see if they want in. Uh, those are some good grapes. Anyway. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so. Again, spoilers, we're going to talk here a little bit about the film and how it's doing at the box office. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to actually skip over to China first. The 2014 Godzilla film mm-hmm. finished at $77.6 million. In China. In China. Okay. Right now we're at $72 million. Yeah. For this movie. Pick it up, Steam. And that's only from one weekend, just remember. Because it released finally. So it had a huge, huge debut in China. Oh my gosh. Wow. In the United States, uh, we are at currently, let's see here, uh, 137.9 million. Okay. Mm -hmm. Godzilla finished at 178. So we may fall short of that. However, approaching overall, if it hasn't already passed it, 400 million, depending on which source you read but Pavlok you read that it's over yes, 400 I've read it and right now it is April 1st 2017 sure. and that's gross <laughs> Just worldwide right. yes a little over more a little over 400 million that is a victory yeah yes. so for the mainstream like I said before in segment one uh, it'll hit it, 450 million I think but for what it's worth it feels like this is hitting the mainstream audience it's a good introduction yes. it makes people want to see it who maybe haven't invested all this time in these past monster films and mm. don't forget what else all released this month it was smack dab in the middle of logan and beauty and the beast so a it had a crazy month you oh, got yes. a hit right. from marvel yes. oh, you've yeah. got one of the most anticipated live action reboots of all time in yeah. beauty and the beast for another thing oh, they must be here hi lindy and oh We've got company. Barkity barking. Yeah, we just got a couple visitors. We got a, excuse the, again, uh, the, the dogs of the Zelensky and Leroy families here in Lindy and Peggy. That's right. Uh, Lindy's got the big mouth there in the background. You may also hear some other background noise, and that is the rest of the crew playing 1-2 Switch. Yeah. And, uh, yep, that's a thing. Yeah, more noise. Uh, so more noise is a good thing. And Trevor and Jamie are here! Oh, look at this! You fat ass! Who asked you to be here? Oh, did you smell the pizza? There must be actual apples in here, not an apple brew, right? It's just that Sorry, I the pizza's all gone. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry, two-ton! Hey anyway. Guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> anyway. Awesome. Jamie and Trevor are here. They've entered Studio 44. Trevor is, in fact... Not fat, but actually is the thinnest person in the Geekiverse. So everything's it's fine. It's kind of now. like calling him tiny. <laughs> I'm not cyberbullying him. <laughs> He's real life bullying, folks. I'm real life bullying him. He's pod bullying. Anyway. So, uh, anyway, a positive and in, in, you know what? Actually, I want to skip to what did you guys think of the CG? Oh, I loved it. Oh, it was great. This, this Fantastic, Kong yeah. looked incredible. This is some of the best CG I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, especially in some of the close-up shots, um, unless they used actual giant like hands or anything, they looked quite photorealistic. I was wondering if they used animatronics for that, but I don't think they did, which, I was aware re- of, which really makes it incredible then, because yeah, like yeah. the padding on his palms and stuff yeah. like that looked insanely good. Mm-hmm. The first look at Kong right in the face early in the movie is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Very detailed. Clearly, they did their homework. Uh, this not this was no cheap CG to do, and they did a fantastic job at executing it. And I agree, it is some of the best CG I've ever seen in anything because he truly looks like a gigantic beast. 
Yeah. It doesn't look like he was whipped up in a computer. Yeah, and uh, also it's the vast majority of the scenes with monsters in this are uh, in the daylight, whereas with Godzilla it was predominantly at night. That's true. And uh, you know it's it's difficult to make convincing CG in daylight. So uh, kudos to them. Th- I would think. So I agree. Yeah. Positive and negative attributes for the film. We'll start with the positive. Uh, maybe give one or two points each. I'll start yeah. with Pavlak. What were some of the, the finer points that you liked that stuck out? You know, as much as I love watching Kong smash a skull crawler in the face with a giant tree and stuff like that, um, my favorite, my favorite, oh, okay. we'll let these monsters go first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got Godzilla in there? Let them fight. <laughs> let, let them, them fight. fight. Nice. <laughs> nice. I like that. Um, my favorite thing about these giant monster movies is when they can humanize their monsters. When they, yeah. you know, these aren't just dumb wild beasts. And Kong, in particular, like Kong, you can tell he thinks, he feels. A mm-hmm. um, couple moments like that is when he's washing himself off in the river, as we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, one really that stuck out to me was a very short shot. It's just him sitting on the cliffside, looking up at the auroras in the sky at night. Yeah. So he's just sitting there so peacefully, mm-hmm. you know, so calmly. So uh, you, you, like, you feel like an actual person when he does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he f- comes face to face with Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson's characters on the cliff side, yeah. um, you know, maybe I'm reaching on this when I say this, but I almost feel like when he's looking at them, he's thinking of his parents. Very possible. I wondered uh, I that. I think that crossed my mind, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's a stretch, but I feel like when he looks at them, he, I wonder if he was, you know, thinking of his parents at that moment. Yeah, and all this, uh, all this uh, humanizing that they do is, yeah, hinted at in a compelling way. Um, whereas, you know, it was went about differently in, in Peter Jackson's movie, where he was just, you know, you could see all, see all the wheels turning and knew, you know, what exactly he was thinking and everything, which is, you know, which was I thought worked really well for the most part in that. But uh, yeah, th- this is a really another another. Um, small moment that uh, Nate particularly appreciated too was uh, after he uh, fights the giant octopus which may have been a King Kong versus Godzilla reference I was wondering the same um, yes <laughs> af- after he after he kills it he just kind of just casually just sits down rips it apart and just starts eating it <laughs> yeah well you know what <laughs> you know in all these giant monster movies they never really address what do these what do these things do for sustenance yeah <laughs> like what do they eat and we you know, we yeah. gotta look at it for like really the first time, in my opinion. Did Kong not look like the grizzled veteran, just kind of like policing the island, like these <laughs> yeah. punk ass monsters. <laughs> I'm gonna kick it and then eat it, and then off to gaze into the sun. And that was, you know, the gazing into the sun thing is, I feel like, is a really consistent thing. That's one of the, you know, the things that it, it gets right about the consistency of of King Kong's character. I feel like uh, so many of the Kong, at least 2005 and uh, possibly 33 as well, is that he has those introspective moments um, that make him more the relatable monster compared to Godzilla. Um, So, yeah, just kind of different breeds of monsters, and uh, yeah, did it well. I think so. Um, Any other positive attributes? Well, uh, we talked about kind of the visual flair, the period music, the effect, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that was that was the main bulk of the specific positives I had. A great final fight, in my opinion, between him yes, and the giant yes. skull I was crawler. Really, I, I was really expecting them to go to the classic breaking the jaw open thing, yeah. but boy, was <laughs> the I The whole not, time, yeah. I oh, was it was even expecting. worse. It was <laughs> even worse. Oh. That, was de- that was one of those moments that, like, boy... <laughs> Just like I wish I was in a theater packed full of people because they would have been just cheering their heads off. I would imagine. What's funny is we saw it when so it was me, Pavlok, Jimbo, uh, Two Tone, aka the Fat Man. Uh, <laughs> oh, Chris Farley himself. Yes. That's right. Um, Trevor. I'll let Lindy bark there. We had uh, 
Chelly with us and uh, Mr. Tuna, her husband. Oh, little tuna. Little tuna. Oh, and Mr. Tuna. Okay. Man, Mr. Tuna. Yeah. Uh, we we saw the movie, like I said, two weeks after, and it was actually like packed in there. No, it was one of the smaller theaters for Regal, yeah. but it was actually like people were like struggling to find seats. And we got there early right. yep. and were able to get pretty much the row or the corner of the row to ourselves. And, like, that's a testament to how this is doing. I feel like it's, yeah, I feel like it's striking a chord. I feel like I'm seeing a lot of opinions and articles posted about people just appreciating what this does, uh, you know, that honors Kong and the way it does, you know, it, it's still it, it's something fresh and different. Um, and I, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a general sentiment of excitement and appreciation for this movie uh, online. Yeah, I think overall that the uh, the perception is very good. The uh, the thing I wanted to list for a positive attributes is going to lead as a segue into one of our next topics before we circle around to maybe some negatives. Okay. Uh, characters. So character development. Uh, whether it was Kong, like you said, he's got a bit of a backstory mm-hmm. in terms of his parents. He's protecting the island. He's not terrorizing it necessarily. Mm-hmm. He's he's going around. You've got characters. For me, most notably John C. Riley's character, yes. who was just, um, he plays a guy named Hank Marlowe in the film. Reference to uh, Heart of Darkness was an inspiration for the original King Kong story. Yes. The, the adventure novel Heart of Darkness. I, uh, I thought he was going to be just a big goofball, and they put him in to attract the broad American audience. That's what it looked and like, yeah. I was I'm worried so about it, yeah. That, that was misleading, yeah. because he was naturally funny, had depth, had emotional magnitude to his character, and it was just... He was he was one of probably two characters that actually had like a full kind of arc with a resolution. Everybody else was uh, less developed than him. Uh, and yeah, he was just, he was funny, but it was, it was, it was sparing. Um, and he was very endearing and, uh, he, you know, his ending was emotional. Uh, I was just going to say, I really, I mean, I, I really thought he was going to die. Me so it too. Was surprising. First I was off. worried about that. I 100% f- fell for the sentiment that they were going to be, hey, background peeps, two ton. Jeez. It's loud enough with you stomping around back there. Now we gotta have you talking oh, as well. I thought it was Kong, Seth. It's weird. Oh, yeah, gosh. Trev Kong. Anyway. <laughs> the characters. Anyway, John C. Riley. Yes, the girls who geek in our group uh, talked about Beauty and the Beast and how many times they teared up during that. Well, I call folly because I almost <laughs> cried at the end of this. I was so ready for him to die yes <laughs> and when he didn't and they show this during the credits oh mm-hmm. man i i swear i teared up but him being able to see his wife for the first time in some odd years decades yeah and seeing Almost his son years oh my gosh and then the next night i'm doing some video editing for our website uh i had to get one i i just got a can of budweiser on my way home and i text pop <laughs> the image oh. and i go all i need is a hot dog you know they got so, you uh <laughs> I love that line that he, he said there's nothing more beautiful than uh, a bud and a hot dog sitting yeah. at Wrigley Stadium. <laughs> Just what what a um, way to also enhance the period, yeah. the, the time frame. Yeah. Because he's out of touch. He's asking if the Cubs have won a World Series, which is hilarious because they have now. <laughs> I know. I wish this movie had released one year earlier because oh, that would have been so yeah. funny. Like, yeah. Do you think that was written in earlier? Do you think that was a That's a good question. Like, I know, yeah. things I ponder, but I, I enjoyed his character so much, and I really think it brought the film to an even higher level for me. Yeah. I, I agree because uh, – yeah, and especially because uh, then he ties into that uh, that really uh, compelling opening scene for me, um, which I uh, w- w- actually felt to me 
like that is not Trevor's stomach. That is Lindy growling. By the way, <laughs> the uh, the opening scene I, I thought with the American and Japanese uh, uh, fighters yeah. landing on the beach I thought was supposed to be like an allegory for King Kong and Godzilla, which they're obviously building to with the American and the Japanese uh, fighting. I feel like by the by the end of the, that opening segment, it became. Uh, more of like a uh, you know you, you, when Kong shows up when they're both about to kill each other it's more of like a uh, your human conflicts mean nothing yeah the fighting to, to the, doesn't the matter that, you yeah. are insignificant here yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with that point and also again with the the level of depth that I've been kind of harping on like they end up becoming pals like, that's right yeah because yeah, we, yeah we, which is uh, which is a just really really great just this context to uh what happened with them and what's happened, you know, just uh, about yeah. how some things are not as dangerous as they appear, uh, but many things on the island, uh, despite being beautiful, are the most lethal things, uh, which is kind of touched on in the movie, which is kind of an interesting dynamic. One last thing I wanted to mention about John C. Riley was his coat, which uh, has what is, I believe, an Akira reference on the back of it. No. Uh, it says good it, said, it says good for your health, and it's like it's a jacket <laughs> pattern with like a pills i think from akira no kidding it's a reference but um a lot of people have including john c Riley, thought it was a steve brule reference from uh <laughs> steve brule who permit you know from tim and eric awesome show and yeah. also uh, and check it out from adult swim because it says because like the first part where uh his character shows up you see the back of the jacket it's just the right part of the crop so all you see is for your health so it's for your health so uh that was an accidental reference but that is something a lot of people noticed including that's Nate. pretty cool <laughs> I was going to say, I can imagine long-time uh, Kong fans would, would pick up on a lot of Easter eggs. In this yeah, film. yeah. I mean, that there was an octopus thing. Octopus. and uh, Yeah, and just a lot of, like, it, it's it's really new. It's it's not, you know, anything like a retelling, but it just has some of those mainstays. Like, the human character that Kong connects with is the woman, uh, as, is it, as is traditional with him. And uh, just with him being... Uh, kind of isolated and just uh, just his character felt consistent. And while Brie Larson's, the, like, the character's personality wasn't necessarily anything memorable, I really like her role in there, like the photo word journalist going yeah. in there. Because I very just, much enjoyed her presence in this. By yeah. nature, she's almost at odds with uh, Samuel Jackson's character, Packard. Yeah. Because they're... Uh, what you an know, interesting thing there. Like, basically, she's painting the story a certain yep. way, allegedly, here, right? She plays a character named Mason Weaver. Right. And, uh her and Sam Jackson's character who's Preston Packard uh, totally buttheads. Yep. They are the opposites in this group, right? One's got one agenda, she, he's the extreme, she's the extreme of the other side in a way. Yeah, and right? that's yeah, and that's kind of uh and they both end up on these diverging all the human characters end up on on these divergent paths where they, you know, one learns more about what's going on and they want to they want to help Kong and they want to escape and um and the other side of it are this um become this antagonistic like military force who uh they lost soldiers and they want revenge and that's where where the movie actually just just touches on political commentary sure it does and which is very interesting um and i feel like um under under a lesser set of actors the characters like would have been a bigger negative for me they are for the most part underdeveloped but i can't not love you know with brie larson tom hiddleston sam yeah. jackson john goodman john um, that's right yeah. and the supporting players like shay wiggum from boardwalk empire toby kebble and mark evan jackson who uh who's always in like shows and stuff um i i know him best from brooklyn 99 as a uh, captain holt's husband 
Uh, those are just actors who everyone was just so likable, even if they weren't really fleshed out. Um, but yeah, Sam Jackson and John C. Riley were, were did have really good arcs, though. And but, Brie Larson's character, like you know, her job is to find the beauty and the poignance and the horrors of war. Yeah. So I thought it was very appropriate that on an island so dangerous as Skull Island, she's awestruck by Kong. Yeah. Like the first thing she really sees of him aside from his attack on the helicopters is he rescues that ox that's been crushed by the helicopter. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, naturally she's the one that sees the beauty in such a dangerous, perilous environment. Yeah. Yeah. And in turn, Kong sees that in her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. I, I think it's a nice mirror there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'd definitely be remiss if we didn't mention two of the larger names here. We talked a bit about Sam Jackson, uh, Jackson, excuse me, uh, Tom Hiddleston, uh, kind of the leading name here. Oh, eat of a course. cookie, oh, Trevor. He's grabbing another cookie. Gosh, That's chocolate right. chip the in collection right. in your gut. Yeah, Pathetic. Right. I'm going to be three tons soon. <laughs> <laughs> we really like Trevor. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Uh, anyway, Tom Hiddleston uh, plays James Conrad. Mm-hmm. Um, some people complained about him in the role, and I felt like it was appropriate. He's not the star of the film. Kong is the star of the film. So I, I had no problem or no issue with his role. Yeah, I liked it. He played the cool, suave kind of guy. And by the way, Pavlik and I totally had the same thought. He needs to be the next 007. Yes. He if, needs to be that guy. If Daniel Craig doesn't I, want the job, it needs to be offered to I Tom think, Hiddleston. I think Tom Hiddleston would be great, but I think I, I feel like when people are cast as Bond, they're never established major stars. Um, you think I feel that's like, it? They're typecast in a way as that? No, I just... I just feel like they always want to get someone who's not unknown but lesser known. I know what Daniel you mean. Daniel Craig had been a he had been in like Layer Cake and a couple of things, um, as well as uh, yeah, I believe like Roger Moore and Sean Connery were not uh, Pierce Brosnan. He was known. He was on television. He was in some movies, but he was not a, a household name like Tom Hiddleston kind of is. Personally, my pick for the new Bond has always been uh, more recently uh, Damian Lewis, who was in Band of Brothers and okay. guy from Homeland. Yeah. He, he's one of the people who are just usually their name comes up it's like as they, they, they've, they've been considered for it. Um, I really, I personally would like him for Neat. it, but uh, Henry, not bad. I feel like Hiddleston meets that mold though, because yeah, he's he's big, but at the same time, not too big. I, like like I just mean, big he, enough. I mean, Avengers. I mean, you don't get much bigger than Avengers. Sure, but know? he's not Chris Evans. Like he's. I don't know. I think he's not quite at the level of. I would Evans, honestly. I Dolly. would ask how many of the people that went to see Avengers know who Tom Hiddleston is. They know who Loki is. Do mm-hmm. they know who Tom Hiddleston is? Though? But when they know, but when they see Bond, then they'll they'll see Loki. I mean, that's still that's still high profile, even if. Maybe it's because we all got a bro crush, or as Lauren has yeah. a real crush. Sorry, yeah. he is gone in geek madness. But uh, by the way, you should go vote at thegeekinverse.com for that. Go vote for Spider-Man. <laughs> go vote. <laughs> Seth thought Spider-Man oh. was still alive. Uh, he web-slung his way out of that two weeks ago, unfortunately. Jeez. Tony Stark sent him home. Oh, he said, get out of here, kid. Uh, John Goodman. <laughs> John Goodman. Okay. As Bill Randa. Yes. Okay, do you know, uh, Pavlok, when J.K. Simmons was originally cast to be in this movie, yes. who he was supposed to be? Was he supposed to be Sam Jackson's character or John Goodman's? I honestly, I don't know for sure. I thought it was John Goodman's character. I did not okay. know that Simmons was involved. He, he was, was originally... Brief, yeah. He was yeah. briefly attached to the film. Uh, but yeah, John Goodman was great representing the monarch organization who's becoming like the uh, shield analog of this universe, the, the company that, sure. that is kind of dedicated to these these creatures that exist on the earth that most people don't realize that they do. Ken Watanabe was the was the presence for that corporation in Godzilla. And now Dr. it's John Sirizawa. Goodman. <laughs> That's right. Referencing. Do, I, do we ever know that he was supposed to be related to the original no, Dr. Sirizawa? No, that, that was just a, you know, a trivial you, you, illusion. 
I mean, he could have been. He could be. Yeah. But I don't think they're ever going to go that route. Yeah. He's but, not going to bust down an oxygen, uh, oxygen destroyer any, anytime soon. Yeah. No. Not going to lose an eye, but. <laughs> uh, yeah. So John Goodman was uh, a really good, you know, he was earnest and he was somewhat sinister and uh, he was another great presence as well. A little bit lost it too, because how about that? Uh, the intention of him is that nobody believed me. You know, I'm mm-hmm. the last member of this surviving group. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just was kind of interesting. I think sinister is the right term for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little bit, not sure what his motives are. Just a lot, yeah, a lot unsaid about him. There's a funny uh, fan theory prior to the movie's release that somehow, if he had survived this, he was going to turn out to be uh, John Goodman's character in 10 Cloverfield Lane. That's what made him go oh, crazy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow, does that make sense? That was wow. just like the joke among fans that he was going to Because he was t- a veteran, wasn't he? <laughs> yes, I yeah. believe so. <laughs> But obviously, that can't be the case given how Bill Randa turned out. It. Yeah, John Goodman's <laughs> lost a lot of weight. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he does. You know, know who got all that weight? <laughs> Trevor White. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hashtag Savage Man. Wow, that was great. Wow, that's just Trevor bashing here. Yeah, I um. Just, yeah. For a criticism against him that is completely invalid. Can we talk about Packard real quick? Sam uh, Jackson's character. One second. How about okay, sure. How about Goodman's death? Oh, yeah. Did either of you see that coming? No, generally took me by surprise. I think you know that I, I legitimately gasped next to you when it <laughs> happened. I, As soon as Goodman died, and he was what I considered to be the first prominent death, mm-hmm. anyone was fair game. And yeah. I think that was such an important thing for the movie to establish midway through. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times you feel like these big names and the main characters are safe. Mm-hmm. Nope, he was gone. And I was like, oh. Anyone's fair game. Here we go. And see, Godzilla in 2014 did the same with Brian Cranston's character, which took almost yeah, everybody who saw right. that movie by surprise. Because, that was like yeah, the height of like all, Breaking Bad. See, so, you know, Brian yep. Cranston was like. And oh, all the previews, dies. all the trailers were really highlighting his character. And then he dies maybe like a third of the way into oh. the movie. So mm-hmm. people are like, whoa. All right, Pete, mm-hmm. Tim Watley. What? Tim Watley from oh. Seinfeld. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> major role. <laughs> and not even a major role. Just uh, for me, it's major because Seinfeld's my favorite. But yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Pop. You wanted to talk about Sam Jackson's character a little bit. Yeah, I mean, aside from John C. Riley's character, you know, Marlowe, I thought um, Packard was far and away the most compelling character yes. because he is, you know, slated to be the antagonist, but he's not necessarily a bad guy. Does anyone he's else just... think that Sam pays to be in all these geek movies at this point? He's like, I gotta be in Star Wars. I gotta be in this. Yeah, he's got he doesn't have of... to pay. He just says, and they. He's got a heck make of a resume. Me a purple lightsaber. <laughs> he's got a heck of a that's resume a, right now. That's a great Sam Jackson impression. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very make much. Make me a purple lightsaber. <laughs> okay, Forrest. <laughs> Gump, not Whitaker. Yeah, that sounded like Forrest Gump, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say that Sam Jackson was kind of an antagonist because I feel like he has uh, motivations that are understandable, but they certainly are, you know, he gets carried away and he gets to a place where, you know, you are supposed to root against him. And it's of like course. the um, like arrival, the soldiers in arrival. It's kind of a similar kind of a dynamic, the, the way that people who understand the creature, understand the situation, are trying to... Uh, progress but the these other people are just motivated by violence or vengeance or dominance and they uh you know want to get want to get back or want to get ahead and uh and i feel like that's yeah that's kind of motivates packer is a similar motivation i mean isn't that the beauty of this film though is that each character while one they can all be viewed in multiple lights i think because they've all got their own motives and there's a lot of gray area you think maybe sam jackson who is just uber soldier 
Mm-hmm. You know, I lost one of my own. I'm going to, to make up for it. Mm-hmm. And or, it's far more than that. It's the whole thing with the Vietnam War. You true. Know, early he was kind of living for yeah. battle. He wanted battle. He's like, he belongs in outer heaven. Speaking of my ear salad. <laughs> he lives to be a soldier. He was yeah. looking at that box early in the movie that's got all his medals. And he's like, what was this for? Mm. Like, what was the point of all this? Or even Goodman's character who wants to prove a point. And yeah. say, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not crazy. You know, this happened. And he gets a lot of people killed for it. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so differing motivations. Um, and I think that that served the, the film really well because there was no clear antagonist or protagonist in, in that sense. Um, what what were maybe some of the negative points? So it's not a perfect movie, but what you know something that maybe detracted for you, something that made it less than stellar, if you will. Uh, Pavlik, what, what are your thoughts? Maybe... Something that could have been done better. Yeah, well, like we said, a lot of the characters are more rough outlines than fully mm-hmm. developed, dynamic characters who go through very um, elaborate character arcs and such, aside from you know maybe uh, John C. Riley's character or Samuel Jackson's mm-hmm, character. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are just kind of, you know, just like, like I said, rough outlines. Yeah, um, which I agree with. Um, but I feel like, you know, it's... The human characters are underdeveloped, but at the same time, the monsters and the island are more developed. So, I mean, you know, it's like if you had to choose between the two, would you rather have the Transformers movie thing, where it's way more about the humans than about the Transformers, or would you rather have this, where it's a little less human and a little more monster? I suppose it's a it's a pretty good trade off, um, considering that. Um, kind of like how Logan, the villains were a, a little underdeveloped, but the heroes as a result were extremely well developed. So, you know, sure. it's, like you put so it's a balancing act. Where, yeah. A pick and choose kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I would like to have seen maybe more history of Skull Island, especially the natives. I feel like there is a very, very rich culture there that we didn't get to see. Natives were uh, different as well. They were always very uh, kind of violent and hostile in the previous movies, but they're more of a, a civilized, civil, uh, you know, peaceful civilization. You know, they've learned how to survive in that environment, whereas yeah. all the you know these people from modern society, they wouldn't last a day out there on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those um, island they, inhabitants, I, I would like to have no, uh, you know, known a little bit more about their way of life. I mean, and that might happen now. Now that, True. I mean, Kong is still on that island. and uh, That's a good you, point. You know, and, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, unlike most King Kong movies, it's not, it doesn't end here. So. And because they, I mean, that, that group on the island as well, the natives, they, they take in Hank Marlowe. Like, it's kind yeah. of interesting, that mm-hmm. dynamic, uh, yeah. that he becomes one of them. And he's even sad to leave, even though he wants to get the heck off that island. Yeah. <laughs> like, what what a... What a roller coaster there. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And as far as negatives, uh, yeah, in, in general, the only other big one for me was that uh, the plot uh, moves along uh, kind of too quickly to uh, to, br- to breathe a little bit, especially in the uh, first act. Um, and I feel like kind of even on the island a little bit, there's uh, <coughs> Sir, uh, y- you know, even it moves like from thing to thing, but sometimes it doesn't like transition. Is sometimes it just feels like all of a sudden we're in a different place and everything. Kind of nitpicky, not not a major thing, but it's but it's another uh, relatively minor negative for me. Sure, I mean it, it's okay to be critical of that. I think, uh, but I think they did a good job overall of bringing this to an audience, like I said, that necessarily hasn't been a lifetime uh, fan of the series and and wants to be a part of it moving forward. Yeah, I feel like it, it, it could appeal to everybody by, uh, to that extent. New, newcomer fans or uh, people who, uh, you know, are, are, are King Kong fans or people who are huge King Kong and monster fans like uh, Pop Lock. Exactly. So, yeah, I feel like it, like it does kind of appeal to everybody. Um, 
getting towards wrapping up, what would you say in, in terms of the history, how this sets in with other films in, in the franchise or the MonsterVerse, so to say, and how uh, how do you see it progressing forward? Well, for Godzilla vs. King Kong, which will come out in 2020, there's two big things we got to figure out. We got to figure out how Kong gets bigger so that he even remotely matches up with Godzilla. Well, that he's so just I, still grown. Yeah, he's still I, young. So we, so got, we just, got to see that. Yeah. But then also we got to get him off the island too because he hasn't right. left Skull Island yet. Yeah. And I want to know what what's going to make him come to the mainland because I'm assuming Godzilla is not going to go to Skull Island. I'm assuming that Kong is going to be brought to Godzilla. Unless Skull Island becomes Monster Island. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Don't do that to me, man. That's giant monster fanboy's dream right there. Yeah, yeah. Pavlik, your sentiment to me was, well, it's going to end with him getting off the island kind of thing. Yeah, I said that prior to the movie, and it didn't end that way. Actually, there was something about the ending. This is just another random little thing, but I thought the the ending was uh, a little weird because the very, very end of the movie not counting the Marlowe stuff, was um, uh, the, the heroes, you know, Brie Larson, everybody, uh, kind of sailing out, uh, escaping the dangerous part of the island, and they see the helicopters coming to rescue them, and then it pans around, and then Kong walks out, and he sees the helicopters, and he looks like he's getting ready for a fight, and then the credits roll. And I was kind of confused. I'm like, wait, so are they not making it off the island? Like, like is he going to fight the helicopters? And uh, yeah, so yeah, Jamie is right here, and she's she actually had the same thought. Like it was kind of a it like was oh kind my of gosh, a, Trevor a strange so and, fat. Is, yeah, she was like, oh, I gotta not think about my fat boyfriend for a second. <laughs> <laughs> we just got sprayed with water. <laughs> but yeah, so that was I don't know if you guys had that thought at all about like it seemed like they were gonna escape, but oh no, wait, Kong's gonna not gonna he's gonna take out the helicopters again. There's a part of me that thought they were going to be there for good. Um, and I really thought, I mean, obviously we didn't, we know that that's not the case because we they, cause they made it off. Cause we see the post credit scene with them, which we'll touch on. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, touch on it right away. Let's touch on yeah. it right now. Um, it, it, it it's basically leading into Godzilla 2, King of the Monsters. Which it's one of the best uh, post credit scenes. It's a I've cool seen one. in a while, yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily a huge surprise because we all kind of thought that you, we all kind of knew these characters were coming, but now we know for an absolute fact, Godzilla, Rodan, Mothra, King Ghidorah, probably for, uh, Toho's four you know, most prominent, yes, most well-known yes. monsters are going to be in the next Godzilla. Well, I thought they were going to do something just... Uh, I knew there was a post-credit scene, and I figured it was Godzilla-related. I thought they would just do something to say Godzilla's coming back, which is something we all knew. I didn't think we'd actually get this kind of cryptic glimpse at the uh, the monsters that were going to be in Godzilla. Um, so that was uh, kind of a surprise, a, l- a little bit more than I was uh, expecting in that sense. So, um, yeah, very cool setup. Uh, really excited for that. Uh, and uh, let's see, what else did we want to touch on here? Oh, oh, about uh, yeah, how this stacks up to other history of King Kong movies. So uh, I believe that uh, it I has never that- been harder to focus on a podcast. There's just a lot going on. There's there's Lauren. There's wine. There's uh, the switch in the next room. There's Lindy. There's Peggy. This is crazy. Yeah, okay, Trevor Lauren, breaking what, chairs in the other break room. Break your piece. What do you need to say? Buddy, the elf. What's your favorite color? Okay, thank you. Back to Kong. <laughs> That was, that was Josiah's drunk wife. Please uh, excuse her. We <laughs> next will... Uh, so, Pavlok, you previously said that um, you thought this was the best King Kong movie since 33. Oh, for sure. I am undecided about whether or not I like this more or less than the 2005 version. I think 33 is definitely the best, uh, but I you know, I, re- I rewatched the Peter Jackson one uh, Peter Jackson movie recently, and I, uh, you know, there there's issues with that movie. I I forgot about 
the extraneous detail that's placed upon some of the supporting characters. Like, there's so much of the movie that's even dedicated to the dynamic between, like, the second-hand man on the ship and, like, the... And like the the boy played play, play yeah. by Jamie Bell, I'm just like I, I forgot how much like unnecessary detail there is in that movie. Well, that's what you can pull off with three and a half. Sorry, three hours plus. Yeah, and I guess he like yeah he just came off of Lord of the Rings, so he just figures he needs to have this huge ensemble and for it to focus on everybody, even though it wasn't really necessary. But I feel like there's so much you know I just I just love that concept uh, of you know basically re- you know retelling the original 33 story. In its original time period, and but with just like fleshing things out more, um, I feel like there was there was a lot that was done well, and uh, for me it's it's like a a tough call kind of between uh, those two. I'm undecided which one I like better because I, I still I hold the 2001 one, 2005 one in relatively high esteem. I did that is one movie I did see. Um, yeah. and you, you saw that one? I oh, did. Um, I, I I prefer this one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, obviously, to each their own, but uh, for whatever reason, this one. Uh, resonated a little better with me um for i it, maybe it had to do with the length of that movie it felt just a touch long back in the day oh yes um, it, that, no no and it that. still feel long it yes. still feels long today yes. <laughs> uh, i was trying to be polite but yeah yeah part of it's the time period i love the 1930s time period of more course. than the 1970s time period it just strikes a chord with me so that's part of it and just some of the looks and the temperaments of the characters and stuff but um I don't know. I, w- I would lean towards Skull Island, but um, I still really like the Peter Jackson version. But uh, and original- I do too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. but the original Thirty Three is like, uh, man, like, you know, like uh, James Rolfe, uh, Cinemasker, uh, you know, angry video game nerd, popular online personality. He's a huge, you know, old. He's a huge monster movie fan as well, and he. Uh, is a big King Kong fan, and I thought he did a great video about King Kong once in one of his yearly uh, Monster Madness videos that he used to do. He talked about how um, Citizen Kane is always uh, shoved, as he said, shoved up your ass by film professors <laughs> as like the best movie of all time uh, because of how innovative and how incredibly well done it is. Uh, but King Kong, look at King Kong like 10 years before it, having such groundbreaking special effects. They had to invent all these new techniques to do what they wanted to do. With there was nothing like animation, that. Yes. Rear projection. Uh, full musical score was not common at the time because talkies were relatively new. Um, it's To this day, the movie holds up and is entertaining. Um, I just feel like uh, it really is just an absolute landmark. Uh, you know, probably one of the greatest movies of all time. Did you say angry video game nerd? Angry I- game nerd? Angry, angry video game nerd. I did oh, say. Why? Interesting. We may be uh, that, seeing that, him in, in just about a month and a half. What? Is he yes. going to be at Nickel City Con he next will be month? In our city. Oh, Nickel City Con in Buffalo, New York. Maybe, just maybe, we'll get to speak to the man and we'll get to ask him about King Kong as well. Quite possibly. Yeah. Stay tuned, folks. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. So, uh, but yeah, in terms of uh, so yeah, how it stacks up against. God, against uh, King Mob, King Kong movies, uh, King, Mothra. Ooh, King, Mo- King Moth movies. <laughs> That's um, hmm. King Moth. Is he a guy? That's right. Deep. I'm such a layman. <laughs> uh, yeah, and in terms of what we'd want to see from here, uh, you know, we, we we talked about what's going to be happening. We have King uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, uh, in 2019, and King Kong versus Godzilla. We're going to be seeing Godzilla, uh, Rodan, Mothra, and King Ghidorah. 
Um, are there anything besides what we have announced? Uh, you know, particularly Pavlok, since you're the most knowledgeable here. Are there any things you'd want to see? Uh, any other movies? Any other characters that you'd want to see this monster verse grow into? I uh, I I'm can tell you that there's one that I would like to see. Stop. Yeah. Uh, uh, his name rhymes with Famera. Oh. Uh, and uh, he, he's very slow. Uh, he's dragon-like in some aspects. Gamera, if you friend of tell. all children, is that what he? Uh, friend of children, Guard, guardian of the universe. If you guardian want to go to my favorite moments in all of Geekiverse's uh, web TV history, <laughs> is Nate Lockhart saying, "Friend of children." <laughs> I will never friend, forget. Friend of children. Yeah, with that deep voice. Nate has, has a deep and uh, deep articulate voice. Yes, he man. does. Yeah, and he loves Gamera too. So Gamera, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I, uh, I spoke for Poplock too soon there. It's all good. Uh, yeah, and just um, you know, seeing uh, and King Kong versus Godzilla itself. Of course, we should probably touch on that. Uh, am I alone in wanting Godzilla, uh, wanting King Kong to win that? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah I think are. Nate. It's a tough call between Nate, but he'd probably go go Godzilla. Well, I'll say this. Um, like I said earlier, King Kong was a beast in this. So I mean, he literally walked yeah. through an entire wall of fire in this movie. So I can't yeah. wait to see how. Tough, I, how mean he is when he's 400 feet tall. Yeah. He's going to definitely give Godzilla a run for his money if they fight. However, my uh, guess is going to be that it's going to be just like Batman versus Superman, uh, where they're going to fight in the middle, and then something is going to bring them together, and they're going to actually be fighting back to back. Uh, I really, I, don't know. I, I, I really hope it'll just be them, him versus him, and that's it, and that's the focus. I want to see them team up, man. We've uh, never seen that before. We've seen Godzilla. Oh, we've seen Godzilla and King Kong fight. We have never seen them team up. In, I in think a sense, so it, fe- cool. it just feels like what's expected because that's what happens in superhero movies. But perhaps if, <laughs> if. Their mothers share the same name. They oh, will become okay. best monster Listen, friends. Well, I think that was. I don't think that was such a terrible idea. Well, the whole joke is that it's going to be Godzilla's going to be standing on King Kong's throne. King Kong's going to say, "You're letting them kill Mothra. You're letting them kill Mothra." And Godzilla goes, "Mothra." <laughs> Why did you um, say? Uh, wow. I personally will be rooting for King Kong. Uh, because, uh, well, for one thing, he's he's probably likely wasn't King Kong versus Godzilla originally. He was kind of the underdog, which uh, you know is something I I can always appreciate. And uh, you know, is uh, not that uh, nationalism or uh, anything like that needs to play a part in uh, favorite monsters. But like when Cloverfield came out, J.J. Abrams said like uh, part of the motivation was for uh, you know uh, America to have its own signature monster like Godzilla has with. Uh, is with Japan and like you know he said like oh you know King Kong is it, it was there but he he can't you know go toe to toe he's not like a giant monster he's a different kind of monster he's not quite like a kaiju now he um, is now he is <laughs> and um and I'm really glad for that because I there's so much I love about King Kong and I want King Kong to be America's monster and I feel like you know he 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 is more human he's more relatable um and he does you know with with the new form factor and everything with him looking the way he does he does feel more mythical he does you know not just seem like a giant ape he seems like something more fantastical and uh yeah i still think it's he's gonna have the underhand in the fight against godzilla but hey we did see that not you know not only is he a personality and is he smart but he's resourceful uh you know with the ship when he was chained to the ship and he used that as a big like cr- like kratos uh, yeah and god of war like a big weapon with the, oh, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the rudder yeah so <laughs> oh, um, awesome. i feel like he's gonna be able to be really wily there i love that sentiment actually uh, i i probably 
here's the thing without seeing having the Godzilla history that, that Pavlik has or even Seth would have I, I would have to agree with Seth on, on, on Kong give it time though that may change uh, but I just mm. loved the, the way they built him up in this movie as mm. not not just this dumb big animal mm-hmm. he's, he's got thoughts he's got emotions he's mm. like us just, just huge you know like, <laughs> me essentially you know hairy but very 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 tall yeah, yeah. So, and then all of a sudden you know cause one of my, the favorite films of all time for me and Pavlok is Rush Hour 2 I'm just sitting here thinking Chris <laughs> Tucker going what wait now <laughs> when Godzilla comes you'll be tripping you go Gallica Gallica <laughs> one of the favorite lines so uh, right. we do I, like Rush Hour. I didn't we know that. quote Rush Hour yeah. constantly cool. between the two of us. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, like like. Uh, yeah, but uh, I like the monster verse they're setting up here. I like how they tease. Yeah, the, it's, the pending it's monsters going no so camera. well so far. Um, uh, yeah. Trevor teased that in the theater after we walked out. Right he away. did. Yeah, he was like, hey, Puff, there's no no, uh, no camera there. <laughs> it was great. I wish I had thought of it first. Oh, too tiny. So funny. Uh, so witty. He's almost as funny as he is fat. <laughs> okay. <I'm right> here. <laughs> what? Ah. Oh. Yeah, but how long will it take you to walk over here? <laughs> Trevor's gonna kill us. Oh, they're probably gonna sit just on by us. sitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up. Final thoughts on on Cog. I really liked it. Put a ball uh, on it. It was such, it, you know, it was it was a refreshing take on Kong. We didn't see him die at the end. We didn't see him fall off the Empire yeah. State Building for once. Or the I Twin Towers, him. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the, the, you know, the mythos and the danger of Skull Island, and I cannot wait to see what Kong does when he's 400 feet tall. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I pretty much agree. Um, uh, yeah, it was refreshing. It was new, uh, but it honored the legacy of, of King Kong. Um, striking visuals and sound, uh, a little lacking with uh, some of the uh, plot development and the human development, but it doesn't matter that much because, uh, aside from you know the, the, a couple characters indeed be- being well developed, everybody was played by such likable people that in the end it just doesn't uh, stick with me as much. And the monsters and the and the island are are developed so well, and in the end that's I feel like that's kind of what matters. I agree with what you both said. Uh, I, to me, like I said, it comes back to the development, the mainstream appeal. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, a little bit of the ensemble cast. I think that was one yeah. of the, the better ensemble casts we've seen in, in recent times. Yeah. And it's in a, a movie such as this. So yeah, hypes up the appeal factor for me. Yes. Uh, but we've got a lot going on here at the Geekiverse. Uh, lots of podcasting this week. Uh, yeah. We've got, obviously, the podcast you've just listened to for Kong Skull Island. We've also got spoiler casts for Logan and Beauty and the Beast. As well as this week episodes for Ghost in the Shell, uh, Walking Carpet, which touches on Star Wars Rebels and the uh, the very pending, impending uh, Star Wars Celebration down in Florida. Ooh, uh, lots of things. Last Jedi stuff coming there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as we had a, a talk for Geeks Got Game, which is our video game show that talked about the Switch and Legend of Zelda. Uh, but... Nice. Where can we find everybody on social media so we can get in the conversation together here? Jeffrey. Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey Pavs and on Instagram, Jeff Pavlock. Um, we'll be sh- in short time doing a full review for the Switch hardware and then Breath of the Wild as well. Fantastic. Me and Josiah by that is what I meant. That's right. Uh, basic- yes. Seth. <laughs> you can <laughs> find me at... Andrew- Wait. <laughs> Boy, does he have a booming voice in those... Those thick vocal cords. <laughs> Can't deny that. Anyway, that was Trevor. 
That was a uh, dummy McDonald's. I think someone just McDonald's. cooked a hot pocket and he came running for the one of the few times in his life. You can find me on Twitter. Hot pocket. At Cap Americanski. And that's it. Uh, but although you, the other, uh, the major, major uh, monster fan of the group, Nate Lockhart, who uh, unfortunately couldn't be here for the discuss- discussion today, uh, we will be going to Wisconsin next week again to the Midwest Gaming Classic. Uh, we just released our recap video of our trip from last year, and uh, we can't wait to go again. It's an incredible time, and look forward to seeing me and Nate in that. You guys pulled some good goodies uh, from that trip, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to be looking... Oh, in terms of physical goods? Yes. Yeah. We're going to be doing that again. Um, we actually... We're, we'll probably be doing a thing where we like... Uh, Emily had the idea, my wife, of uh, kind of going into it before we go in saying, like, these are the things I'm looking for. Oh, this is what I want to yeah. get. And like, uh, yeah, so we'll be doing that again. Um, were you guys yeah. looking for Crazy Taxi last year? He was, yeah, he was looking for Crazy Taxi for a friend. I'm like, really? You couldn't find Crazy Taxi? I feel taxi? like that was <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was funny. Uh, I enjoyed that video very much. You can check that out on our YouTube channel. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, exciting times. You guys will be at that. We've got yeah, a lot of great. events coming up here in Buffalo. Uh, so, Nickel City Con, that happens May 19th through the 21st. Some big names. We've got Billy D. Williams coming. Uh, you better probably know him better as Lando Calrissian. We've got William Shatner, a.k.a. Captain Kirk, and a slew of other uh, celebrities coming to the event, including Joe Montana. That's right, Joe Montana, which is very interesting. So our, yeah. our friends at David Adams are throwing that for us. Uh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be such a great weekend. Uh, also, uh, one of our sponsors, Oogie Games, you can check them out if you're in the western New York area. They've got six locations. They sell video games. They repair your consoles. Uh, very good uh, crew over there. Mm-hmm. If you're not in western New York, you can go to oogiegames.com and uh, you can get your system repaired that way. You can order uh, various games. They they sell everything. They're not limited just to the current generation of uh, oh, items. No, 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 no. So they, they go far back. They certainly do, yeah. But they repaired. They repaired. Repaired my original 60 gig uh, PS3 back oh, in the day. I had one of those backwards compatible ones that uh, mine broke. Yep, mine broke. But it. they repaired it. I did not take it. Uh, uh, I still have it, but uh, it does not work anymore. It's uh, it's a sad time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can find us on all our social media: Facebook.com/slash/TheGeekiverse. We're Twitter and Instagram at the underscore Geekiverse. YouTube.com. You can check out all our web content. We've got a, a lot of good visuals up there, including our current Geek Madness videos, where I am attacked by a crazy woman. Uh, Speaking of which, Geek Madness is our March Madness-like tournament that you can vote for your favorite character in, as long as it's not Spider-Man, at thegeekiverse.com. Uh, can't believe it. Can't believe it either. Vote Luke. Definitely not Link. Pavlak, turn your mic off right now. No, vote for Link. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, and Ganondorf. Okay. Zelda cross No, no. <laughs> He's up against Palpatine, if you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> so I am at Josiah D. Leroy. You can find me there to tell me I'm wrong. Uh, or tell me I'm right. I don't care. Let's get in the conversation. For uh, for Seth and Pavlok and for Nate, our one of our MonsterVerse fanboys that we wish were here tonight, I'm Josiah. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you soon. Bye.